And today also we are uh, celebrating 4th of July. Praise the Lord for another year in this country. I think uh, as a church, uh, we need to continue to pray for our country. Um, if you're part of our uh, prayer meeting every Wednesday, we pray for the country, for our state, and for our city. Every Wednesday, we have our prayer meeting. And that's the uh, last item in our prayer every Wednesday. We pray for our country. That this country will still be a country that will allow us to have the freedom to serve the Lord, right? You know, around the world, there's only very few countries in the world remaining that you know, gives freedom to Christians to really worship the Lord, serve the Lord. Uh, it's getting fewer by the day. Uh, even in the Philippines, uh, you might think that the Philippines being a quote-unquote Christian nation, there's already a lot of uh, restrictions, especially down south where, where, where we, uh, we live, where, where I grew up in. Um, in fact, um, back then, if there's a list of nations that's considered unreached by our denomination, by, by Southern Baptist and North American Mission Board, oh, sorry, now, um, uh, INB, sorry, International Mission Board, INB, IMB. So they're, 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 they're in charge of uh, sending missionaries around the world, and we as a church support INB. It sends thousands of missionaries around the world. And, and what's interesting is Mindanao and some parts of the Philippines is considered to be unrich. Interesting. I know there's a lot of churches in the Philippines, but still considered unrich parts of the country. That's why uh, they send missionaries there. Uh, and that's true around the world, you know, China, Middle East. Um, but I praise God that in this country, we still maintain that freedom. And, and also, many of you come from the Philippines. You, you also know that the Philippines, has, we still have freedom, mostly, to share the gospel. And I pray that this is going to last longer for us in this country. More people are going to come to know Christ through our ministry and ministry of all the churches in this country. Um, and someone said that, you know, the Constitution was not to protect, you know, to protect uh, the government, uh, but it is to protect people from the government, protect us from the government, because the government can be tyrant, can be a tyrant, can be controlling. And so I pray that we'll remember this. That's the reason why we had Independence Day celebration, because... Uh, we want to be independent from the tyranny of this country, from the tyranny of the monarchy in England, right? And so we want to be on our own, independent from England, from the, from the crown. And so I pray that this will, we'll continue to have this freedom, this freedom. So let's pray for this today as we head to our message. And one last thing, I want two more things. One is if you have not registered to our camp, camp i pray that you will register you know we the reason why we were trying to finish the registration last week is to pressure you because we need to order the t-shirts soon because there's a lead time for that but don't worry if you're not able to uh, register uh, uh last week if you still register now we, you're still gonna have a t-shirt you know we're gonna use uh, mathematical analysis to figure out how many people are gonna join the camp uh, probability distribution statistical probability distribution so we can predict that using math. <laughs> oh, that's a joke. We'll guess. <laughs> we'll guess the number of people. Uh, but, but if you haven't registered, please register. And also yesterday, we had a blessed time. There were more people yesterday than today. Uh, we were at the house of 
Randy and Ning to uh, dedicate baby Yanina, and she's there, very cute. And so that was really amazing, really good. One of the things we miss out there, because, you know, we did the American way of doing dedication, I forgot that we have Ninangs and Ninongs. <laughs> I didn't realize we have Ninangs and Ninongs, but, but those who are Ninangs and Ninongs of uh, Godmother, by the way, for those who don't know what it means, Godfather and Godmother, that's a Filipino tradition, we're just going to list your names, I'm going to let you sign <laughs> on the certificate. So you're going to sign. We're going to do that soon, later. But the commitment for the Ninangs and Ninongs is also the same commitment for the church that you read yesterday, that you're going to support the family, support Yanina, uh, support in training her in the ways of the Lord, so teach her in the ways of the Lord. So, so the commitment is the same uh, for Ninangs and Ninongs and for the church um, to raise her in the ways of the Lord. And if Randy and Ning needs help, if Bernice and Phoebe and Amri are not around, maybe they're busy, then you might need to babysit uh, Yanina in the future. <laughs> okay, so that's one of the commitments. Okay, let us pray. Let's come to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus and we ask, Lord, that your uh, presence, O oh God, as Erwin has mentioned, Lord, we are, that we'll be made aware of your holy presence, Lord. My Lord, one of the things that hinders us from experiencing your presence, Lord, is our very own hearts, O oh God. And sometimes, Lord, our hearts, Lord, is overcome by sin and the ways and the thinking of this world. So, Lord, we ask you to cleanse our hearts, sanctify our hearts this morning. Forgive us, Lord, from every sin we committed. We confess, O oh God, every sin, every thing in our heart that is against your will, every uh, thought, every desire, Lord God, and even our actions, so God, that is against your will. Lord, we confess, Lord, you know what we did, Lord God. Forgive us, Lord, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We ask your blessing today, Lord, that the preaching of your word will be effective, Lord, uh, and will make an impact in our lives, oh God. Lord, thank you also, Lord, for the opportunity, the blessing of allowing me and, and a few other pastors to, and to, uh, Lord, uh, plan out and organize the pastor's retreat, Lord, and also, Lord, for the presence, O oh God, of, of many, O oh God, uh, of these pastors from all over the state, O oh God, who were really engaged, O oh God, in, in the event, O oh God. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to minister to all these pastors, to be a blessing to all these pastors, Lord God. And, Lord, I pray that we will be able to encourage more and more pastors in the, in the next years, O oh God, O oh God, of this event. And, Lord, thank you. Thank you also, Lord, for, um, for Phoebe, Lord, for her heart and her commitment to, to lead and encourage worship, O oh God, in the, in, this, in the lives of these pastors and their families, Lord, and the blessing, O oh God, that uh, she experienced, Lord God, with them. Thank you, Lord. Lord, uh, we pray that we as a church, uh, we will truly, Lord God, uh, have that heart, O oh God, not just among ourselves, but for the nations, O oh God, for the different uh, nations that are here in Austin, Texas, and around the state, Lord. Lord, guide us, Lord God, in this ministry that we will begin, Lord, to, to look beyond the walls of this church, look beyond our own communities, Lord. And, and Lord, I pray that this will be the encouragement that this camp uh, will bring, Lord God, as we, as we go to the camp, oh God, we will be fired up, we'll be encouraged, we'll be, oh God, motivated, Lord God, to reach to the nations, oh God, and Lord, go out, Lord God, and preach the gospel to all nations as you commanded us to do, Lord. 
not just through mission work, O oh God, but through our local ministry, Lord, because the nations are in the city of Austin, O oh God. The nations are in the city of Austin. And Lord, we also thank you for uh, the dedication we had yesterday, Lord. It's such a blessing to see everyone there worshiping together, fellowshipping. Lord, we just entrust uh, uh, Randy Ning and the children into your hands. And Yanina, Lord God, thank you, Lord, for her life. Lord, let your name be praised in her family that she will grow up to be a godly, God-fearing child, O oh God. And Lord, we also thank you, Lord, for today, Lord God, as we uh, celebrate another day, Independence Day, Lord, for this country, Lord. We, Lord, we just entrust uh, our churches, your churches, O oh God, our church and all the churches around this country, Lord, that, that Lord, as this country progresses, O oh God, and, and and this country, as this country grows, and, and Lord, we'll see more uh, successes for this country, Lord, Lord. And, but also, Lord God, we pray that uh, we will continue to have freedom in this country, Lord, to worship you, to gather in your name, Lord. Uh, Lord, that, that we will, oh God, not be hindered, oh God, by, by the government itself or by people to do what we do, Lord. But even then, Lord, if we are going to be hindered, oh God, Lord, help us to be free. Persevere, Lord, in the midst of persecution. Now, we will not give up, Lord. But we, we continue to pray that we'll have the freedom, Lord. And we ask your blessing upon every state, upon uh, every city in the, in the United States, O oh God, and even our government and every leader, O oh God, every branch of government, O oh God, that they will continue to, 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 Lord, hold on to beliefs and principles and ideals, O oh God, that is in conformity to your word, O oh God, conformity to your truth, O oh God. Lord, let it be so, O oh God. And Lord, if there's a people that's going to go against your ways and your truth, O oh God, Lord, show them, Lord God, what's the truth. Uh, rebuke if needed, Lord God. Correct if needed, O oh God, to those who are uh, bringing this country in a direction that is far from what you desire this country to go, Lord God. But Lord, whatever may happen, Lord, help us as a church to remain united, remain one in you and one with one another, Lord God, one in faith. That we will never compromise with the ideas and teachings of this world that is against the word of God. And we will not compromise with sin, O God. Help us, O God. Let us be as a church blameless and holy before you, O God. And let it be, Lord, that everyone who's sitting here, every member of River Life, O oh God, whether they're here today or absent, those who are listening online and everyone who are listening tonight, to this afternoon as well, Lord, help us to live a holy and blameless life every moment before your sight, Lord. Pleasing you in every way, Lord God. Let this be the kind of life every member of this church live, O oh God. We'll live this kind of life. Holy pleasing before you, blameless, O oh God, in everything, Lord. Lead us and guide us, Lord. Help us to do this, Lord. Help us, Lord. You, we have your spirit, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But I, give you, but I ask you, Lord, to give us the strength to obey his leading, to listen to his promptings, O oh God. Thank you, Lord. All glory be to you and to your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Today, I'm still going to continue as part of the messages I, I said last time to 
lead, that will lead us to the camp. Uh, and our vision, not just for this camp, you know, our theme is taking back the nations for Christ. But this is not just for the camp. This is really for our church moving forward. We want to be a church that's multi-ethnic, you know, reaching not just Filipinos, but reaching to all cultures. And we're beginning to be more like this as a church. You know, not, a, not everyone in our church is Filipino now. But I pray that we'll be, become more diverse more and more. It's not because for the sake of diversity. I know companies, organizations, they just want to hire uh, different kinds of races or ethnicity for the sake of diversity. We don't think like that. Amen? We don't think like that. We don't do things for the sake of diversity. That's not the point. The point is that the gospel will spread on different cultures because, you know, there's a tendency for people of different cultures to, you know, huddle with one another. That's really the tendency for cultures. Like Filipinos, for instance, we have a tendency to huddle with one another and meet with one another more often than, than people of other cultures, right? That's natural. That's normal. That's normal. It's not, it's not racist or it's not unusual. Because you can laugh on the same, with the same jokes. You know, you can, you can speak your lang the language with freedom. You know, Filipino jokes is very funny among Filipinos. You know, uh, Mexican jokes are f funny among Mexicans. But if you convert it to English, have you tried converting Filipino jokes to English? <laughs> it's dry, right? It's not funny. <laughs> same thing, in American jokes translated to, to, translate to, to, to Tagalog. Uh, it's not funny. <laughs> so, so we have the tendency. But, but when we begin to reach to the nations, what happens is, you know, people who come to know Christ in each of those ethnicities and nations and cultures, they begin to reach to their own communities. And this is what the trust is of that pastor's, Asian pastor's uh, retreat, because these are all pastors, and what's amazing is these pastors come from even from countries that are hostile to Christianity. And there were no there were no Middle Eastern pastors present this year, but in the past years we had pastors from Iraq, Iran, Pakistan, Egypt, those countries, even UAE. I guess there were pastors there before, um, and even even countries like China, Japan. You know, there, 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 I believe there are three Japanese churches in the state of Texas, and one of those is in San Antonio, and the second one here in, in uh, Austin. Three or so, but I know there's only, well, in, to my knowledge, there's three. But two of those churches, one is in San Antonio under Pastor Kenji and, and Byung Lee here, in, uh, here in, in Austin. And Pastor Byung, what's interesting about him, he's a close friend, he's Korean. And he's pastoring a Japanese church. He preaches in Japanese. And he's also an engineer like me. He used to work for Samsung. But he was assigned to Japan to uh, work on a project with Samsung. And that's why he learned to speak Japanese. And lo and behold, later on, God called him to pastor. Korean engineer, becoming a pastor. Um, pastoring a Japanese church. It's amazing. Amazing. And so, it really confirms what I told you last time, that the only way for the nations to be united is really in Christ, right? Through the church, through Jesus Christ. It's not the ideas of the world that will unite the nations. It's not the ideas of this world that will unite people, actually. Uh, there's a lot of 
ideas are out there. But it's clear from the Word of God, we've been studying Revelation, that it is the gospel, it is the church, the true church, not, not any kind, not false church, not the church by name, not cultural church, the church that truly belongs to Jesus Christ, composed of people who are believers in Christ, true believers in Christ, born again, filled with the Spirit, indwelt by the Spirit, is the one that will unite the nations. And I'm just amazed that in this retreat, all of us, most of us come from pretty much different kinds of Asian cultures, but there's no distinction. And Phoebe can, can, can attest to this because, you know, they, we joke a lot, some one guys here, because we were served, <laughs> Pastor Jacob, uh, we were being served with American food there because the caterer is an American um, company. Of course, we had barbecue, uh, uh, Mexican uh, a meal, tacos, <laughs> and the Asian, said, Asian pastor said, hey, we want Asian food. And, and Pastor Jacob said, oh, anything can be Asian food. Just, ask, uh, just add uh, fish sauce and sriracha. Just put, put fish sauce on tacos. That is Asian now. <laughs> put sriracha. That's Asian now. <laughs> put toyo. <laughs> Get your spaghetti and put toyo. That's Asian now. <laughs> It's just interesting that you, you can laugh on the same jokes and th to think that these are from people from different countries. And, 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 they're very, and there's, you, see, you experience the love and unity. I was hanging out with an Indian pastor as well uh, on, the, on the river. And, and, and he was enjoying, enjoying uh, the river. And, and he was talking about the difference between the rivers here in India. And, and it's an amazing experience, you know knowing their own cultures and life that they have in their own cultures. But in the end, everyone is just one in heart, united with one purpose. That's the gospel of Christ and the work of Christ. But this is not my message today because I, this is what I'm going to share today leads to this. You know, reaching the nations with the gospel, what does it take? What does it take for us believers to reach the nations with the gospel? This is what it takes. You are to fulfill your mission, your calling. This is what it takes. That's why I entitled the message, Created to Serve Christ. Created to Serve Christ. Let's see. Oh, that's convenient. Later. Can you put it to the slides? Okay. Created to Serve Christ. Because the only way for us to reach all these nations um, is for us to fulfill our mission, personal mission, personal purpose. I mean, God has given each of you a purpose, a mission in life. Uh, specific purpose for each of you. Um, it's personal because it is something God has tailored fit to you and to your personality. It is a purpose according to what God has planned specifically for each of you. So let me go through a few things, then, then we'll go to the application at the end. So the first thing I want us to recognize is that I am saved to serve Christ. And I want you to say this out loud with me. I am saved to serve Christ. Now let's go to our passage that uh, Sister Faith just read earlier. Uh, and I want you to read this together with me. And and I know the application of this is usually in terms of salvation, talking about salvation, but we're going to go to a different application from this passage. Not, 
separate, different from salvation, or just but related to salvation. Let's read this together. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from your okay doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Um, sorry. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So what we learn from this passage at the first part, it says that salvation is a free gift. It is through the grace of God. It is not of works. And, and, and this salvation, this gift of salvation that God has given to each of you when you surrender, you know, as you surrender your life to Christ, this brings us to a love relationship with Jesus Christ. Not only that, our salvation will give us assurance of eternity with Christ in heaven. And also, our salvation in Christ means that you are enlisted to serve Christ. You are enlisted to serve Christ. After all, Jesus is your Lord, Master, and King, right? If he is the King, if he's your Lord, then you are enlisted to serve the master, to serve the king, to serve the Lord. And, and, and the things that you're going to do as a Christian are not just random things. They're not just random good deeds. Listen to that passage. Listen to that statement there. It says there, you were created. You, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. You are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Now, the Amplified Bible describes this. This is how the Amplified Bible describes this portion. He says that this is a path that God has created for you to walk on. There's a path that God creates for you in advance and you're going to walk on that path. Another way to view this, it's a racetrack that God has already Created in advance for binigyan ka ng racetrack ng Panginoon to run on. And it was created in advance before you were even born. The racetrack was created for you and you need to run on that racetrack. This is what this passage is talking about. That is the good work that this passage is talking about. And, and, and your purpose, your specific purpose... You know, there is a common purpose for all of us as believers. Remember I told you about the 90% and the 10% last time? There is a common purpose, but there is also a specific purpose God has for you. And this, this purpose that God has for you requires, listen to this, it requires a unique combination of your personality, of your natural and spiritual gifts, of your life experiences, whether good or bad, whether it is before you came to know Christ or after you come to know Christ, this unique purpose requires also a, the, your unique upbringing and, and also all the material and spiritual blessing and resources that God gives you or has given you. Even your failures and your successes or victories is required by God to accomplish this specific purpose. All of this are part of what makes you unique as a, as a person. And this uniqueness, God will use to accomplish his specific purpose for you. Putting this, all this together. And, and so be, with all of this, you, you are uniquely able 
to accomplish what God wants you to do effectively. Kasi meron ka, God puts, you, puts all these things in your life to prepare you for that purpose, equip you for that purpose. It says there uh, in that passage, you are God's, or we are His workmanship, you are God's workmanship. The word workmanship, the word work, workmanship, imagine that word, uh, it is this image. I want you to imagine this word. Um, it's like, it's like an, a sculptor or an artist, you know, trying to convert or change, uh, or transform a big lump of marble into a masterpiece, right? Think of Michelangelo or Bernini, you know, chipping those pieces of those marbles away, converting this big chunk of marble into a masterpiece, Meaning, every detail of your life, every aspect of your life, every experience, it is God chipping those, those unnecessary mar pieces of stone and marble until you are being transformed into the person and the purpose that God called you to do or called you to be. And that person that God wants us to be like, of course, we know it's Jesus Christ, the forerunner, the author and finisher of our faith. So, so, so this is what God has planned for you. Amen? He is preparing you, equipping you for this specific purpose. And you are uniquely, uniquely prepared, uh, equipped by God to accomplish this. So, next thing that I would like us to, to, to also um, look at is that I am called to serve Christ. So, let, this, let us say this out loud. I am called to serve Christ. I'm called to serve Christ. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show a proof or evidence of this specific purpose. This, this you, you know, you got this common purpose, the 90%, and you got the 10%, which is your specific calling or purpose. This is seen in the life of the Apostle Paul. Um, how many of you have read the book of Acts? I hope you read it at least once. So we, we, in Acts chapter 9, this is we, we, we read of the conversion of the Apostle Paul. And Apostle Paul, he was a persecutor of Christians. Uh, on his way to Damascus, he was to arrest uh, believers. And at that, on that road to Damascus, he was powerfully converted to Christianity, right? Uh, Christ appeared to him as a bright light from heaven, personally appeared to him. And, and his pride and his, and his uh, self-righteousness, his being religious, was broken down to pieces. Because what did Christ do to him? He not only fell to the ground, but Christ blinded him, right? Also, uh, Paul became blind. And so, in his, uh, in his broken condition, in his humility, naging humble na siya, uh, when God broke all his pride, his spiritual eyes was able to see the salvation of the Lord. He understood. He saw Christ. He understood what the Christians were doing. He understood the will of God. And immediately after his conversion, after he, he, he uh, gave his life to Christ, of course, it was through the work of, uh, it was Ananias. God used him. He was baptized. This is what God told uh, say, this is what the Lord said about 
about Paul, Saul then who became Paul in Acts 9 verse 15 to 16. Listen to this. But the Lord said to him, this is talking to Ananias, but this is, this is what God said about Paul or Saul and Paul. Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for, for the sake of my name. You notice that in this statement, we find God's specific purpose for the apostle Paul. This is, this is God's specific purpose, to be, to be an instrument of mine, instrument of God to carry his name before the Gentiles, before the nations. He was known as the apostle to the Gentiles. That's you and me. So that, that's his unique uh, 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 purpose or mission. And this concept that Paul has a unique purpose uh, from God is not only true for him, this is also true for each of you. This is also true for each of you. You know, our conversion may not be as powerful as the Apostle Paul. Maybe it's not going to be as dramatic. I know some of you, maybe your conversion to Christianity was dramatic. But it might not be as dramatic as this, you know, saw a light. I know there are people today in the world when they come to Christ, they, probably, they have dramatic experiences. Like Christ appeared to them in physically or spiritually in a sense, being able to see Christ. So there are cases like that around the world, especially in the Middle East countries. You know, we hear stories, you know, people doing the Hajj in Mecca and they are able to see Christ uh, appear to them and they con. They come to Christ. They become Christians in the process. Um, and some of us, the, the purpose of God, the unique purpose of God may not be as clear as the Apostle Paul. You know, here in his case, it was very clear. He, he knew what God wanted him to do. But for many of us, it might not be as clear at the moment of your conversion. It might take time for you to find out what is God's will for me, what is God's specific purpose for me. The size of our purpose may not be as big as the Apostle Paul. Because for Paul, he, he went to different cities around the Mediterranean, more than 50 cities, shared the gospel, started churches in those 50 or so cities. That's a huge task, you know. And also, he wrote 13, uh, 13 of the letters of, of the books of the, of, out of 27 in the New Testament. 13 letters in the New Testament was written by Paul. So, his, 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 the work that God gave Paul, we, we can say it was great. It might not, our purpose might not be a, as great as Paul's, but here's the truth. God has chosen you as an instrument to carry out his name to the nations. Remember what God said about Paul here? That I have chosen you to, to, as, a, as an instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles, before the nations. In the same way God has chosen you to carry his name to the nations. And, and let, this, let us say this out loud together that God has chosen me as his, as his instrument to carry his name to the nations. Let's say this out loud. God has chosen me as his instrument to carry his name to the nations. Let us have a bigger view of our ministry as a church and a bigger view on our ministry individually. That it's beyond, I know 
our goal is just to share the gospel with one person, maybe our neighbor, maybe our daughter, maybe our son. Maybe that's, that's what you're thinking, and that is true. You should do that. That is part of our responsibility as Christians, to share the gospel with anyone. But you should have a bigger view of your purpose. You know, I've told you about my life story. I'm not seminary trained as a pastor, not significant in this world, didn't accomplish great things in this world like Paul. But I'm just amazed that God is putting me in situations that's beyond me. Even the opportunity that to, to be involved in leading Asian pastors for the state and the next project that, pray for this, the next project, I began, a few pastors, we started meeting last, uh, the last night of our conference. And we need to pray for this. Help me pray for this. We're going to start a youth camp for Asian youths. And, and because I, I can see that there's, there's a different kind of, I'm not saying that, you know, they are better than anyone else, but, but I'm saying that there's a fire in there that I haven't seen in, in many other situations. And I think this is a good opportunity for us to bring together all our Asian youths around the state of Texas. And so pray for this. Hopefully we can have one next year, next, next summer, not this summer, not this summer, but the next summer. It's going to take a lot of work. And we need, we need the help of the youth, our youth leaders as well to come up with this. Because this is going to be for the entire state of Texas. All Asian churches. So pray for this. So think, think big. Think big. That you're not... You, God has a greater purpose for us to reach to nations. And, 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 and when you begin to think like this... It will, it will stretch, stretch your faith. Your faith will grow. You realize that, well, God, you can accomplish more through me than just what I imagine or think of. Amen? Marami pa pala ako pwedeng gawin para sa Panginoon. Yeah? Right? It's more than just, uh, sometimes we, maybe you might be thinking, oh, magluluto lang ako ng shopa, bibenta ng shopa. But maybe God wants you to build a sari-sari store. <laughs> you know, think big. Or, or maybe a mall. <laughs> right? Oh, sorry for that illustration. <laughs> Third, next one. Not to demean, uh, put down Shopao. <laughs> Number three. Um, next one is, I am being trained to serve Christ. Let's say this out loud. I am being trained to serve Christ. The Great Commission is Jesus' final command before his ascension. Remember what, what he said there in, in, in Matthew 28? He, says, he said, go, therefore, make disciples of, of all nations. So this is something we easily forget when it comes to the Great Commission. We often say, yes, go and make disciples. I'm going to disciple this person. That's true. That is what we are supposed to do. And we are pushing for that over and over in the church. That we want to disciple every person in this church should be involved in discipleship. Somebody should be mentoring you. And, and we are not yet doing a good job in this church. We are not yet doing a good job in discipleship. And we need to do better here in discipleship. Because I know not all of you are involved in discipleship. You're in life groups. You're in Sunday service. You go to women's, men's. But are you mentoring someone? 
I know some do, but some don't. Our vision as a church is that each of you, either you are mentoring someone or you, in, you are being mentored by another person one-on-one. -on -one. We want that in this church moving forward. Everyone, every person involved in mentoring, either you are mentoring one or someone is mentoring you. Okay? That we really want that. This is where we want to be because this is going to train you. This is not just for the mentoring process, which is important, but this develops you as a Christian. This stretches you as a Christian. Your faith will grow. But, but what this passage, what we forget is that the task of discipleship is more than just mentoring one, but you go out to the nations. Meaning, not only Filipinos, but people of different cultures, different ethnicities, different races. We are to disciple, mentor. And I'm so amazed the opportunity that God has given me over the years. Because I, I think I've mentored maybe, I don't know, more than 10 maybe or so, people from different ethnicities and backgrounds. I would say more because more because... For instance, one person is a combination of Korean and, and African-American. There was one person I, I shared the gospel. He is both African-American and Korean. Interesting. And some of our members in the church, a combination of different nations, right? And so we are really called by God to mentor, disciple people of different nations. And, and so... Your specific purpose in life. I know some of you are asking, God, what is my purpose? What is your will? What's my mission in life? Let me tell you what it is. It's not a mystery. Your purpose and mission in life, kids, you're still young. You have many years ahead of you. And you're dreaming about God. What will I do with my life? What is my mission in life? Yes, you might want to become a nurse, doctor, engineer, president, whatever you want to be. But those are just means to an end. Your careers, your jobs, whether you're a janitor or a realtor or whatever, or even a millionaire, uh, investment banker, whatever, those are just means to an end. That's not your mission. Being a nurse is not your mission. Being a doctor is not your mission. Being an engineer is not your mission. That is only a means to an end. The, the end, the purpose, the mission is always, always related to the Great Commission. Directly or indirectly. Sometimes you might think, okay, my mission in life is to feed my kids, raise them up, you know, make them healthy, you know, let them go to school. Give them clothing to wear, house to stay in. That's also a means to an end. That's also a means to an end. That's not the end in itself. Because you want, yes, you want to raise your kids healthy, feed them, go, let them go to school. But the, the end there is, are you making them disciples of Jesus Christ? Amen. And the question for you in every situation you are in, are you fulfilling the Great Commission directly or indirectly? Either you're training other disciples or you're making disciples. 
you know, you are, you are preaching the gospel and making them followers of Jesus Christ. So let me show you just one statement. And we'll sort of put this all together, God's purpose and will. God's ultimate purpose and will in this world today is this. comes down to this. To save sinners and to sanctify the saints. Let me say that again. God's ultimate purpose in this world today is to save sinners and to sanctify the saints. To save the lost and to sanctify you, the saints, Christians, believers, followers of Jesus. To cleanse your life, to bring you to maturity. So let me just give you some proofs from the Bible just to make sure that you, you, you don't doubt what I'm saying. So you look at, I want us to look at Scripture. Um, says here in, in, in uh, 1 Timothy 2.3, what does it say there? This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior. What is the desire of God? What is the will of God who desires all people to be saved, to come to the knowledge of the truth? That is, yan yung gusto ng Panginoon, that is His desire, that is His will, to, that all people will be saved. So, so, so that's the will of God in this world. And how is this done? Through the preaching of the gospel. The second passage, this, is a, this was a long um, message from Paul, but I would just want to uh, go through that first statement there. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. That you'll be cleansed, you'll be sanctified as a person, as a, as a follower of Jesus. And we know what sanctification means, right? You become more and more like Jesus Christ. Yung ugali mo, yung pag-iisip mo, every aspect, your thinking, your way of life becomes like Christ. So what then? Every good thing in your life, every, even the bad things in your life, God will use that to equip you to accomplish His purpose. Romans 8.28 says, says this, that all things work together for good, whether good or bad. It will count to God's good purpose for your life. You know, this is what He will do. Yung mga good things in your life, that, that aligns with the will of God. Right now, I am preaching. I believe this is a good thing and it aligns with the will of God. When you serve someone, when our ladies at the back there feed, you know, the church with our meal after the service or when you, when you do or when you share the gospel with someone or help someone or care for someone or even care for your own kids. You know, what God does, if you are, if you are in Christ, the good things in your life, the things that are pleasing, honorable before Him, He will amplify that. He will amplify that. He will accomplish more things beyond what you accomplish. Just like Jesus feeding the 5,000 with just five loaves and two fishes. Amen? Whatever good you do, whatever things that you do that glorifies God, He will amplify it and make it accomplish more than what you base, more than just what you do. Like feeding thousands with only five loaves and two fishes. But the negative things, the things that are not good in your life, God is still able to, to use that. Your past failures, your past weaknesses, mga wrong choices that you made in the past, God is still able to use that. And what He does is He, he transforms that. He transforms that. And instead of it accomplishing bad things in your life, what it does, the repercussions of that, the effects of that, in under God's power will become good 
as well. That's why we're able to, he's, we're, he's able to say this, all things work for, together for good. A good example of that is Joseph and his brothers. That's a very good example of that. Look at what happened. When, when Joseph was still young, you know, his brother disliked him, hated him. And what the brothers did, uh, they, they, they sold Joseph as a slave. Diba? That was a really bad thing they did. They took their brother, sold him as a slave. But what? What? But in the, at the end of the story, in the big picture here, at the end of the story, what you find out, this is what God actually did. He said, "As for you, he was talking to those brothers who did a really bad thing. As for you, you meant evil against me." Oh, this is Joseph talking to his brothers. You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring about. Uh, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Many people was able to survive the famine because of the bad thing these brothers did. <laughs> God was turned that bad thing into something good that saved thousands and maybe millions of people around the world during the time. Amazing, isn't it? That even if your past failures, mistakes, wow, God can use that for something amazing. But, you know, it's not a license for us to keep on doing bad things, of course. You know, the way God, um, the way God trains us. So where, where, where are we? I'm, let's go to the next one. Okay, I missed one thing. Um, I think. I miss one that says, I, will, I, am trained for, I am trained for to serve Christ. So the way Christ trains us is really on the job. You know, he does not train us, then you do the job. It is while you do the job, while you, while you serve Christ, this is how he trains you in, in ministry. Now let's go to the last one, number four. Let's read this aloud. Um, I am a member of his body when I serve Christ. I am a member of his body when I serve Christ. Now, so we learned that we are saved to serve. We are called to serve. We are trained to serve. And lastly, we are to serve in the body of Christ. Now, you know, I said earlier that every area of your life, every aspect of your life, God is going to use that. So use that to transform you and, and, and develop you, equip you to be a person that God wants you to be. And, you know, to be to your purpose and your personality should be in accordance to the will of God. Um, and, and the church, the church plays a significant vital role in clarifying that purpose. The church plays a significant role in clarifying that purpose. In fact, you cannot accomplish your purpose that God has for you without being involved with the church. You cannot. Never. Every believer must be part of the body of Christ, must be involved in the body of Christ, because if you're outside of the body of Christ, you cannot accomplish his purpose. That's why uh, Ariel and I, we've been talking about this. There are lots of missionaries out there 
and, and, and then you heard of the story of Ravi Zacharias, right? It was really a tragedy that, that he is a world-renowned missionary and, and, and did a lot of things. Then we find out that his life didn't glorify Christ. His private life didn't glorify Christ. But you know what's this, what also interesting or distinct about uh, what we found out about him? Maybe that's not interesting, but something we found out about him. At least, I'm, based on what I heard from Ariel, or from I read, that he was not also connected to a local church. He was doing ministry on his own, but not accountable to a church like this. And that's why doing ministry on your own, if you, even if you're a missionary, you're still accountable. You need to be accountable, connected to a body of believers like this. Why is this? Because it is through the church through the body of Christ, that everything comes together. You know, think about, think of the pieces of the puzzle. I know some of you, I know uh, the other day I was at Travis and Faith's uh, home uh, with Phoebe. We were there and Travis was putting together a, a puzzle. You know, like pieces of puzzle, if you have a small piece of puzzle, do you know what that image as a whole looks like? No. You, you, when you look at the piece of a small piece uh, of a puzzle, you know, you don't really know what, the image looks like, and that image looks strange, weird, doesn't make sense. You don't really know what it is. Doesn't make sense. Then, this is the image uh, when we look at our own lives and we're alone as a Christian trying to figure out our purpose and just looking at ourselves. It's like looking at that one piece of puzzle and trying to find out what is the purpose of this puzzle. image You will never figure it out. You're going to have a hard time. But this is what happens when you begin to connect with the body of Christ, with a church like River Life. This is what happens. Each of us has a purpose from God, right? Each of us. And, and when we come together, it's like the, that piece of the puzzle being put on the big picture puzzle. All the pieces, each of you, you are one piece of the puzzle. But when all the puzzles come together, the image becomes clear. Amen? Nakikita mo yung buong picture na, ah, yung pala yung purpose ko. Kasi, it's part, oh, that was the head of Eeyore. Oh, I didn't realize that. Or this was the leg of, of Piglet or something. But when you remove that, what is this? It's just orange. Oh, when you put that, oh, that's the ear of Pooh. Oh, something like that. Amen? Your purpose becomes clearer when you are with other believers. Because you're able to see your purpose in relation to them. Amen? It's like being able to see the entire puzzle. Because you only look at one puzzle, it's hard to figure out. And that's why you need to be intimately connected with the church, connected with other believers. And being connected with the church and with other believers is not, not optional in the Christian life. That's why a lot of Christians are aimless in their walk with God, aimless in their mission, because they're not connected to a church. They're not intimately connected with other believers. Just think about this. Have you ever seen a hand walking around on its own, disconnected from the body? It's scary. Have you ever seen an eye or a mouth on its own, separated from the face and talking there? Bibig lang yun that mouth will not survive, that hand will not survive apart from the body. And so you see the point. 
that you can only accomplish God's purpose if you're well-connected, intimately connected with the church, and, and you're able to see your purpose as well. Understand your purpose, gain clarity that way. Ephesians 4, 11 to 12, this is my last verse for today. This is then why the church plays a vital role in your life as believers. Because, it says there, he gave apostles, the prophets, evangelists, pastors, shepherds there, his pastors, and teachers. You know, he gave pastors, uh, life group leaders, uh, Bible teachers. You got Sunday school teachers, youth leaders. You know, these kinds of people that God raised, what is their purpose? To equip the saints for work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, to build you up. Now, if you're detached from this, you're like that hand walking around, nakaputol, <laughs> and it's scary, right? You don't want to be in that situation. There's no eyes to guide you. There's no body to feed you with blood or anything like that. You're not going to survive long. And you see the importance of the church as a whole in helping you accomplish God's purpose for your life. So, so let me give you just four things in closing, application. These are the questions you need to ask yourself. I know you desire to know. For me, I praise God that after many years, God has given me clarity of my purpose. And I know what I'm doing right now is God's specific purpose for my life. And that's already very clear. And now I'm seeing more and more things. Like I'm getting, gaining more passion for the Asian pastors as well. Before, you know, when I was new to that group, I, for me, it's just a yearly event. Now I want to go there. I go there every year, meet with them. Hi, hello, goodbye. But now I've gained more, more passion for that ministry. And, and I'm seeing the possibility of what God can do through that ministry, to our Asian pastors organization. And I praise God for that. So, so God has given me clarity, but for some of us, that, that might not be clear. But there are, these are questions you need to answer first, so that you'll, uh, so, because I want you to gain clarity also in God's purpose for your life. And maybe uh, this is something I'm going to ask you to do later on. I need you to write down on your phones what you sense in your heart God is calling you to do in this world. Write those down. Maybe take time to write down something on your phone. Just one sentence or two sentences or one word or two words. Just write down. What do you feel in your heart God is, a sense in your heart God is leading you to do in this world today? What's your mission? What is your calling? Just, just put, it, put it there. You know, just base it on your desire. What, what do you have in your heart? Write it down. Because we're going to test that. We're going to figure that out. Uh, you're going to figure that out based on these questions. First thing, are you already saved? That's the first question you need to answer. Are you a believer? Because the Bible tells us that if you are, sa- if you are a believer in Christ, you already have the mind of Christ. You have ni Christ. Your mind, the mind of Christ is in you. So you're able to know the will of God, the purpose of God. That's this is the huge, most significant part of that, of that list. The second one is, are you walking in the Lord faithfully? Are you walking with the Lord faithfully? You need to answer that question. And the, the, the walking with God can be summarized in these four things. You know, first is prayer. Are you praying every day? Are you praying with other Christians? Are you regularly praying for your family, for your friends, for other people? 
So are you praying? That's the answer. You need to answer that. Are you in the Word of God? Are you, do you read the Bible? Do you meditate on the Word of God? Do you listen to sermons? Do you listen to teaching? Are you in the life group? Are you listening to anything that's related to the Word of God? Um, are you uh, also teaching others? Teaching the Word of God to others? You know, not everyone does this, but... but are you in the Word of God? You need to answer that question. Reading, meditating on the Word of God. Uh, what does it mean to walk with Christ? Uh, are you in fellowship with other believers? Do you spend time with them on a regular basis? Do you serve them, pray for them, worship with them? You need to answer the question. Are you walking with Christ? The fourth thing that you need to think about also is witness. Do I go out of my comfort zone to share the gospel with a lost person? Do I go out, to the, out of my comfort zone to share my faith with with people without Christ. So, so when you ask yourself, am I walking with Christ? You need to answer that question. Am I praying? Am, am I in the word of God? Am I in fellowship? Am I witnessing? Uh, that's a way to assess yourself. So next thing, you need to assess also, are, are your desires and passions and ambitions uh, motivated by love? Motivated by your love for God? Or are your desires, ambitions, passions, God glorifying? Does it glorify God, the Lord? Whatever you're going to write on your phone that God calls you to do, you feel that this is what God wants me to do. This is my mission. This is my, my specific purpose. Is it motivated by love? Is it motivated to glorify God? Now, that's an easy test uh, to figure out because there are verses in the Bible that will help you. Corinthians 13 tells us that we are to do everything out of love, you know. Just read Corinthians 13, and that's the lab chapter. Serve God, uh, motivated by love. Philippians 4.8, you can use that as well. It tells us that everything must be, we, do, we think of and do must be praiseworthy, excellent. And what you're doing, is it praiseworthy? Does it, is it excellent? And also the impact of what you're going to do. Does, will it, will it, uh, is it, is it something, Galatians uh, 5, 22, 23, talks about the fruit of the Spirit, but that also applies to your purpose. Does it, does it produce the fruit of the Spirit in the lives of other people? Are people going to be more loving by what you do? Are people going to be more patient by what you do? Are people going to be more gentle, kind? Will they have more self-control by what you're about to do? Delikado pala yung gumagawa ng mga dinuguan, or mga delicious food because you're going to lose control there. But that's, not a, that's not a good example. <laughs> so, question, ask yourself, am, is this going to glorify God? So, so, if you answered all this correctly, uh, yes, I am a believer. Yes, I'm walking faithfully with the Lord. Yes, I know this is, this will, this is motivated by my love for God and other people. This is not selfish in nature. This is not self-seeking. Yes, you remember the First Corinthians 13? Uh, and also, yes, this will glorify God. This will bring good love in the lives of other people. This is excellent. This is praiseworthy. This is good. Then, then what are you going to do? Whatever desire God has placed in your heart, then do it. <laughs> Just simply do it. Go in more. Just do it. Right? And David uh, figured out uh, the bowling. Uh, we want to have the bowling. You know, is it bowling? Is it God glorifying? Yes. <laughs> is it going to help us love one another? Yes. 
Is it going to help us reach the loss? Yes. I mean, those are check, check, check. Okay, let's do the bowling. <laughs> and think about any kind of ministry. Think, think about any kind of work that God wants you to do. Just ask these questions. Assess it with 1 Corinthians 13, Philippians 4, 8. You know, is it motivated by love? Is it a purpose that is uh, excellent, praiseworthy, God-glorifying? Will it make, give a good impact in the lives of other people, make them more gentle, loving, uh, kind, and loving, uh, you know, in general loving? Then, then do it. Amen? Let us pray. Father God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We glorify you and honor you, Lord God. Lord, clarify your purpose, O oh God, in the lives of my brothers and sisters, Lord God. That, that Lord, in the, as the years, days, O oh God, come, Lord God, Lord, it will become clearer and clearer and clearer, Lord. But I do pray also, Lord, that they will be faithful in the common purpose that we have, O oh God, in this world, and, and, and being your children, being your followers that we will walk with Christ faithfully, that we will walk with Christ, we will walk with you faithfully, Lord. I pray that my brothers and sisters will be faithful in prayer, O oh God. We are faithful, O oh God, in your word, faithful in fellowship, faithful in witness, O oh God. And Lord, whatever we pursue, O oh God, I pray, Lord God, that it is something that will glorify you. It is something, O oh God, that is pleasing before you, Lord. Something that is motiv motiv mot motivated by love for you and others, Lord. Lord, I ask you, Lord God, to grant, grant my brothers and sisters clarity. And Lord, as we fulfill, O oh God, your purpose for each of us will be like the Apostle Paul, O oh God. Lord, taking your name, O oh God, bringing your name to the nations, O oh God. To the nations, O oh God. Lord, I ask, Lord, that you grant my brethren, O oh God, my river life, O oh God, and each of us, this greater vision in our heart, O oh God, to reach the nations for Christ, O oh God. Give us that burden, O oh God. Birth in us that vision, O oh God. The people around us, O oh God, we will not discriminate people with the gospel, with whatever their ethnicity, nationality, cultural background. We will not choose whom we're going to share the gospel with, with based on their who they are, Lord. Based on their background, but Lord, we will choose based on whom you lead us to share the gospel, Lord, according to your leading, Lord. And give us the courage, O oh God. Give us the words to say, Lord. Give us the wisdom, Lord. Let's all rise up as we head to our Lord's Supper. Let's and come to the Lord with a humble heart. Let's continue praying. You know, the Lord's Supper also has the same 
encouragement for each of us. You know, we've been using this passage in, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11 ever since we began as a church in our celebration of the Lord's Supper. But it's easy for us to forget this last verse uh, in, 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 this, in this verse that we've been reading, uh, 1 Corinthians 11. Uh, chapter 20, verse 26, chapter 11, verse 26. says here for us, often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I, I believe that this message, this commitment here, that we are to proclaim the Lord's death, it is the proclamation of the gospel. And it is the proclamation of the gospel to all nations. And I pray that as we celebrate the Lord's Supper, this is something that will remain in our hearts today. That, our, our, that desire to take back the nations for Christ, that to partner with God in taking back the nations for Him. So let, let's have that meditation in our heart. Lord, burden my heart for the nations, O oh God. Burden my heart, O oh God, for the different communities here in Austin, Lord. Whether it's the Filipino community, Lord, the Mexican-American community, Lord, or, Lord, the Vietnamese community, Lord, the Korean community here in Austin, Lord. Or the Indian community, Lord, in Austin. Or even, Lord, the American community here in Austin, Lord. Lord God, Lord, burden our hearts. That we will not be ashamed of the gospel, Lord God. And even though we might not be very good, Lord God, in, in speaking, uh, communicating, oh God, in, in English, Lord, for some of us. Lord God, give us the strength to overcome that weakness, Lord, that, that fear, O oh God. That we will be courageous, O oh God. And not only, Lord, to share the gospel, Lord, but to engage, to spend time, to, to get to know them, to be part, become part of their lives, O oh God. To become friends with people of all nations, O oh God. Lord, help us, Lord. And I and I see this happening, Lord God, in some of us, Lord. But I pray, Lord, that this will happen more and more and more, Lord. That even our life groups, oh God, will go beyond just our, our culture and Filipinos, oh God, uh, in our life groups. Or we will reach to all nations also through our life groups, Lord. Help us, Lord. And let River Life be this kind of church, oh God. Because there is a great task before us, oh God. There are 19 million people in Texas that are lost, oh God. It's a huge number, oh God, that are going to hell, oh God. They're going to go to an eternity without Christ that they're going to suffer for all eternity, Lord. And so, Lord, this cannot be done by us simply, Lord God, uh, being comfortable with our own uh, comfort zones, our own ethnicity, our own uh, homes, oh God, our own, oh God, uh, normal day-to-day -day experience, oh God. Lord, allow us to go out, oh God. Go beyond, oh God, the walls and of our lives, of our uh, comforts, oh God. Burden our hearts, Lord. If we don't have that burden, if you are indifferent right now, Lord, if you are unfeeling right now, Lord, Lord, change that, Lord God. 
Bring about a deep conviction in our heart, O oh God. Bring about a deep conviction, O oh God, for the gospel, Lord God, and for the souls, O oh God, of those who are lost. Break our hearts for the nations, O oh God. Break our hearts for, the, for our neighbors, O oh God, in the neighborhoods, O oh God. Break our hearts, O oh God, for our friends and family, Lord God, who are still clueless, O oh God, of their eternal destiny, Lord, who are lost in darkness, O oh God. Lord, help us to see, Lord. We confess that we are blind, O oh God. We confess, O oh God, that we became so, Lord, arrogant in our own selves, O oh God, self-righteous, O oh God. That we think, O oh God, we can just live life without being, con being, being concerned, O oh God, for the loss, O oh God. But Lord, your heart is in this, God. Your heart is in this. This is where your heart is, O oh God. You are, we are all coming to church on Sunday for this very purpose, O oh God. And there's really, O oh God, we are aimless if we just listen to sermons, listen to online Bible studies, go to Bible studies, even go to church on Sunday if we don't have this, Lord. What's the point? There's no point, actually, if we are just here to make, make ourselves fat spiritually. If we keep on going to Bible studies week after week after week after week, but not produce a single soul for Christ, that is, that is sin. That is sin. Because the blood of those souls are on your head. The blood of those souls are on your head. If there's zero burden in your heart to reach the lost, then what's the point of going to Bible studies? What's the point of all your devotions? What's the point of reading the Bible? Coming to church. Lord, forgive us, Lord. We're not here, Lord, to make ourselves fat. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us, Lord. We're not here to make our souls fat. We are here, Lord God, to serve you. Help us, Lord. We are here, O oh God, to reach the nations for you. We are here to reach. Lord, we are here to reach those who needs to hear the gospel among our loved ones, family, friends, neighbors, communities. So God, because Lord, we don't want to grow and become like the Pharisees, oh God. We don't want to become like the Pharisees, oh God. They were filled with so much knowledge, but they are Clueless on the will of God. Clueless on the purposes of God. They look good on the outside, but inside there were bones. They're filled with white sepulchers with dead bones inside. We don't want to be a church like the Pharisees. So God, help us to be obedient to the task of reaching the lost for you. 
and making them disciples for Christ by training them, teaching them. Lord, because Lord, you said in your word clearly that it is not those who hear the word, but the doers, those who do your word. What you seek, O oh God, in this church and each of us are doers, not just hearers of your word, Lord. And this, and the task of discipleship, Lord, the task of preaching the gospel, discipleship, it is the outcome of everything we do as a Christian. We are to be sanctified so that we can serve. We come to church on Sunday and we may be sanctified so we can serve. We go to life group, we go to this, all these Bible studies so that we may be sanctified and we may serve. Serve others, serve our brethren, serve the lost, preaching the gospel. And we miss the point, Lord. We miss the point if this is not the burden of our heart. So forgive us, Lord, if we have missed the point of what we do as a church. Lord, once again, Lord, bring about that burden, that conviction, oh God. Thank you, Lord. He has this, Lord, in your name. This in your name, Lord. Oh God, speak to every heart, Lord. Speak to us. Speak to us, Lord. Let's take the elements together. For I received from the Lord what I also given to you. That the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed. He took bread. And said this is my body. Which is broken for you. He broke the bread. And said take this. Take this bread. As a remembrance of him. Let's take the bread together, remembering his body broken for us. <sighs> Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for the blood that you shed on the cross, not just for all of us who are here, those who are listening, but for all the sins of the world. Our blood given, Lord. It's a sacrifice, O oh God, for the sins of the nations, O oh Lord Jesus. The sins of the nations. And Jesus, in the same way, he took the cup. He said, this is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of him, of what Jesus has done for our sake. Let's take the cup together. And again, this is the commitment that we are doing. Remember, when we do the Lord's Supper, we are making this commitment. And if you are not desirous to obey this commitment, it's hypocrisy. It says here, As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. 
Lord, thank you, Lord, for reminding us, Lord. Change the heart, our hearts, oh God. We, become, we, we became so self-centered, oh God, as believers, Lord. Help us, Lord, to begin to think of others, oh God, more than, even more than ourselves, Lord. Even more than our own families, Lord. It's difficult for many of us, Lord, but, but this is how you live your life. You live your life as a ransom for many. Serve others. Oh Lord, God, help us to have the kind of heart. Oh God, I also entrust unto you our upcoming camp. Oh God, we ask bless your blessing upon everything we're going to do there. Let there be a renewal, a revival of our souls during that camp, camp Lord. I pray also for my brethren that, Lord, they will experience, oh God, is renewed strength from you, inspiration from you, encouragement from you. Even today, oh God, as we end our time together, as we, as we leave this place, oh God, your strength be upon them, your wisdom be upon them, your grace be upon each one, Lord. That every detail of their life, oh God, glorifies you, Lord, that they will learn to live a holy and blameless life, Lord. That in everything they do, Lord God, they will accomplish amazing things, great things for you, Lord. That something, even things that they could not imagine or think of, Lord, that you will do on our behalf, O oh God. Lord, as your blessing upon my brethren, Lord God, Lord, take hold of their lives and their hearts. And Lord, burden our hearts for the people around us who are lost. That if there's an opportunity for us to share the gospel this week, we will not shy away. We will not, oh God, run away from that moment. But we will be there. We will speak. We will speak the word of God. We will share our faith. We will share the gospel. Oh God, help us. Through your Holy Spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.